Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's get on to the match preview then. Oh, I've just noticed there's a lot of Koreans in the chat. There today. is a lot so of Koreans. Big up Koreans to everyone in the, in the chat for joining us for the live stream. Um, incredible support for everyone joining us. But yeah, welcome to anyone watching from uh, from Korea or watching, uh, putting your Korean chats in. Big up to all of you guys. Um, welcome yeah. everyone watching from anywhere in the world, to be welcome fair. All four corners of the world always here with us. So we love to see you. We appreciate all of you and big up to each and every one of you. Uh, but shall we get on to the match preview? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's start with a match preview. We'll start off talking about the form of these two clubs going in to the game this weekend. Wolves on the back of a defeat last time out against Brentford 2-0 at Molyneux. Um, a bit of an up and down form in terms of results uh, for Wolves recently. They've won two out of their last five. The win's coming in the cup against West Brom in that Black Country derby and a 4-2 win away at Chelsea, which was a really impressive performance, to be fair. Um, they kind of just swept Chelsea away in that game, didn't they? Uh, Spurs, on the other hand, we're doing quite well in our home games, but it's the away games that have kind of uh, let us down maybe in recent weeks. But I think being at home, being at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, we should be able to really stamp our authority in this game, albeit Wolves are a very tough outfit. And maybe they like playing against teams that play our style of football, don't they? Yeah, and I think, um, well, for Spurs, obviously that one loss you can see on screen, uh, it's obviously one loss and four wins at home, but one loss was in, in the game against Man City in the Cup. I think in the Premier League, it's five wins on the trot now for Spurs. So we definitely are building some momentum at home after we did lose during that uh, period, I think three games in a row at home, and that was quite disappointing uh, at the time because we'd quite built some um 
it looked like we were building a fortress at home and it looked like we were really building up ahead of steam. So really great to see that coming back into the side now and Wolves, as you can see, away form. In a weird way, they tend to be quite good away from home because it suits how they like to play. As you can see there, two draws and three wins in their last five away games and even against um, Chelsea away from home, uh, even when they were losing as well. They went up and they went to Stamford Bridge and ended up uh, with four and up until late on and ended up winning the game 4-2. So... In a weird way, a bit like same with Brighton. In, uh, in when, when when I say this, Brighton were waiting for us when it came to how they like to play against teams who press them. They like to play against teams um, who are on the front foot and want and leave space for them and try. They're going to try and play through you. And in a similar vein, what Wolves are going to be waiting for us. They're going to be know how we're going to set up. They're going to be expecting what we're going to bring. What we just got to hope to do is even though they're expecting it, we got to overwhelm them. we got to be even more intense than they than, uh, than they expect. we we got to be so high, with, aggressive with our pressing, they can't even handle it. We've already seen against Wolves early in the season that they know what to... Well, they're going to go with the same kind of philosophy. They're going to try and disrupt us. They're going to try and make things very difficult. They were actually very, very aggressive in that game in the Molyneux. Difference in that game is, um, first of all, you know that we had Davis and Dyer centre-back. We had Emerson left back, and we had Poro. Uh, we had no in midfield. We had Basuma, Hoybier, and Saar, and up front as well. We had Sonnen in the in the nine, and we had um, Kulusevski on the right and Brendan Johnson on the left. Yeah. It's going to be very very different now. Uh, the team they're going to face. We're going to have Madison in the centre. Van der Ven and Romero are both going to be back. Um, so hopefully we have a bit more quality uh, when it comes to keeping possession, playing through Wolves, creating chances and make sure we're keeping the ball in a much better way in Wolves' half rather than in the game in the Molyneux where we had a very fast start. We took the lead within the first, I think, three minutes. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Wolves completely grabbed control of that game. They were super aggressive. They didn't give us a moment rest. And I think they kind of um, they nullified us up until maybe late on. I remember the last 15 minutes or so, we brought on Lacelso. Uh, I can't remember who else we brought on. Maybe Richarlison, and we started to um, you know create a few chances. Ben Tancor, it Ben was Tancor. As well. So we, and then all of a sudden we had a bit more quality. We started to keep the ball a bit more. And then in a weird way, that was that was the period we conceded two goals in our best period. So sometimes football can be that unpredictable. But we got to make sure we show a lot more quality um, than we did at Molyneux in terms of keeping the ball and making sure we're, we're keeping the ball away from Wolves. And when they are aggressive in their pressing, playing through them rather than constantly giving the ball away like we were at the Molyneux. But I would say our team should be better suited to that than it was at the Molyneux. Yeah, it is a bit of a kick in the teeth that, you know, after recovering all these players, going into the last game with a pretty much a clean bill of health, just with a few players with just coming back, you know, Basuma coming back from the AFCON, Sonny coming back from the Asia Cup. And you're thinking at the end of that game, all right, these guys didn't start, but next game we're going to have a completely back to our first 11, um, all good, everyone fit. Now with Pedro Porro and Destiny Doggy out, that does take away a big element of our play, especially with Pedro Porro, uh, the way he likes to dictate things and, and create from the middle. Yeah, I do think actually Porro over the last couple of games has been tiring and hasn't been as effective going forward as maybe he has been for the most part of the season. But it is very frustrating, like when you're looking at this game, like we could really do with someone like Pedro Porro to, to supply those balls like we know he can. 100% and it's a, it's a bit gutting that them two are um, going to be late absentees and 
uh, obviously I was getting excited to finally see that team that we saw in the first 10 games uh, probably come together again in this one. Um, it'd been a while since we saw those that 11 start together. So it is a massive shame. But I, I think both Doggy and Poro have both been looking fatigued over the last few weeks, to be honest. They maybe need just needed a little break to come back refreshed and um, bring that new energy when they come back. So it's a squad game. We're going to have to use our squad. And Davis and Emerson are going to have to step up. I'm not expecting Doggy and Poro level performances from them. But what I, want, I just want to see for them simple things. When 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 Emerson inverts and, and uh, you know comes inside to get the ball, he doesn't have to do anything special. Just keep the ball. Be press, be a bit press resistant and facilitate the ball upwards. I'm not expecting those brilliant visionary passes like Poro does when uh, when he has the ball in the deep position and he can spot a player 30 yards away and he drills a pass into the centre of the park. But what I do want is, well, in a weird way, um, they're going to have to step up, but but other players are going to have to help him. I think people like if Basuma starts and Madison or whoever's there, Kulisevsky, they're going to have to realise that. Emerson is doesn't have the vision and he was not going to be able to pull off the passes that Poros can make. So when Emerson does get the ball, they have to make sure they're close to him. They're 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 an option for him. They're constantly moving for him because they're going to have to help him. When when they have Poro there, they know they can make him run. You know, into space. You know, in a, in a difficult position, and Poro has the vision to pick them out mm. and spot them and pass those make those passes inside. Emerson's different. So as much as Emerson's going to have to step up. The other, I think the team's going to have to step up with them as well. Yeah, no, absolutely spot on. And, you know, you know you're always in for a dogfight when you're playing Wolves. And home or away, it's always a very difficult game. As you can see here, you know, we've lost three out of our last five the game against Wolves. The two that we have won uh, just by the goal margin, 1-0 um, away and 1-0 at home in 21 and 22. But since they've come into the Premier League, it's always been such a difficult game, hasn't it? No matter who their manager is, no matter who our manager is, no matter what personnel is on the pitch, it's home, always a dogfight. Home or away as well. It yeah. seemed to be a really difficult game as well. It's always a tight game. Um, now, I remember there was a period, I remember it was under Pochettino, where we would beat them at the Molyneux yeah. and they'd beat us at our ground. And always be like thrillers, like 3-2. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't matter. It seems it doesn't matter what kind of game, uh, what kind of manager they have. They've always had very good players. Um Wolves. I do feel like this squad of players actually probably weaker than maybe it has been in previous, which even uh, goes to show what a great job Gary Neal was doing with his squad. Uh, you know, they used to have really great um, technicians like Neves and Moutinho and people like that in centre mid. Um, obviously, that's not the case anymore. They've kind of gone for a more physical approach. People like um, Jao Gomez, Mario Lamina, um, Bellegard as well. A lot more physical um, uh, players, uh, uh, pacier players, energetic players. And it's not easier to deal with. It's also very, very difficult to deal with. And uh, Gary Neal has um, really developed a very aggressive team who make things very, very difficult for you, especially when they're in that low block and you're pressing them. It's very difficult to break down. And, um, you know, that back three there, three very physical defenders, all very good in the air, all very good at um, um, uh, covering space in that box, especially you've got Gomez and Kilman there who are very good at coming out into the wide areas and Craig Dawson gobbles up anything that comes over the top as well. It is going to be a very difficult game. You've got Nuri and Semedo who, again, I've said this before, when we play against systems that play free at the back, it's one of those systems that we struggle most against because because you've got those wing-backs yeah. there, they're so wide, they hug the touchline, and we like to invert with our full-backs. It just naturally leaves that space uh, on those wide areas. And it's one thing when you've got wingers there, 
Um, but when you've got the wing backs there and the wingers, it makes it even doubly as hard to control those situations. And that's what we're going to have to manage um, going into this Wolves game. Obviously, Cunha being out is a massive miss massive. for him. He's been so good for them um, pretty much since around December time. He's been so great. Uh, very consistent goals and assists. Nine goals and six assists for Cunha this year. That is, There's going to be a massive miss for them. And I've been so surprised and so impressed of how he's actually handled this season. Because last year was kind of like a bedding-in period for him in the Premier League. And he didn't produce anywhere close to the numbers that he's already produced this season. Yeah, Cunha's always been one of those players who... Um, Looks great, uh, but can be very frustrating. Like he, when he's on the pitch, I remember. I think it was he literally set the tone for that on the first day of the season against Man United. I remember he had an amazing game when he got on the ball. He can beat players for fun, but as soon as he got to the penalty box, he just kind of fluffs his lines and doesn't get a good shot off. And but Gary O'Neill has really worked a lot with him to improve his end product clearly because he is now a consistent goal threat. He's getting regular goals. He's setting players up uh, for fun. He's getting regular assists as well. And the way they play as well, when he does get opportunities in the final third, but by and large, he's usually got time and space because of the way the Wolves play. They draw the opposition in, then they hit them in the transition when there's when there's space in behind. And so Cunha's really been working wonders with that. And he's developed this role as a false nine. He's never really played that role a lot in, in his career. For um, Atletico Madrid, he was usually either playing out wide or he's playing in the number 10 role. But... This false nine position really suits him. So it's a massive plus for Tottenham. He's going to be out. But, uh, uh, you know, Pedro Neto is going to be there. Huang Hee Chan is back available from injury as well. Sarabia has been, um, he's been a bit hit and miss, but he's obviously a good player. We know what Got Sarabia PTSD is. from Sarabia from, from earlier on we this season. What a point. goal that was. I mean, how did he pick that one out? He like, he like, uh, what was it? Like tapped it over a player and then just volleyed it into the top corner. Yeah, it was just nuts. Up. It was a unbelievable goal uh, right in stoppage time um, uh, just before Lamina scored the winner as well so even without Cunha they're still going to be a massive threat because Huang Huang is back and Neto it's Neto by himself I, I've seen Neto enough times I remember in the game against Liverpool this season they, they ended up losing the game at home 3-1 but they didn't have I think they didn't have Cunha in that game and they didn't have I think they didn't have Huang I think as well or, but literally every time they got the ball they just gave it to Neto every single time. And he was literally doing it by himself. Every time he was getting the ball, he was doing it all by himself. In which game, sorry? Liverpool at home. Oh. Um, I remember that game. They were they were literally just giving, getting to him time and time again, whether it would be on the left or the right. And he was tearing them to shreds. He can beat anyone in a 1v1, not even just a 1v1, 1v1 situation, like a 2v1 situation. That's how good Neto is. Like He's probably one of the best, if not the best dribbler in the league right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, he's so effective, especially on the counter. So he's obviously a massive um, uh, worry, Pedro Neto. We've just got to make sure we're not allowing him the space. And But the problem is, the way we play, we naturally are going to allow him the space. So... Just got to make sure he's not as being effective as he has been this season because he's been super effective. So how how do you stop then someone like Neto with the players that we have? Is it a case of just Christian Romero just being really super aggressive and really tight against him? Um, I think he's more... I reckon I'm predicting Neto to play more on the right-hand side than the left because if Huang Hee-Chan's going to play, I'm thinking he's more naturally going to play on the left. So if Neto's going to play on the right... That's going to be kind of... It could ben be Neto Davis. straight up front. They've done that a it couple of times. It could be as well. Um... I would suggest if I was their manager not doing that, but uh, if, but if they do do that, they'll probably benefit us, I would say, because you want Neto out wide. That's where you want him. So I'm not sure. Maybe it'll be Huang up front and Neto on the left, maybe. That could be a case as well. Um, if I think if Neto does start on the right, 
that would benefit us a bit because Van de Ven will have that pace to be able to maybe contain him as um, more than you know other defenders. Um, but I reckon he might he might have the beating of someone like a Ben Davis on the wing more than maybe a Emerson Royale just just because of physically. So look, whatever way, wherever wherever he plays and whatever way you slice it, it's going to be difficult to contain. We just got to make sure we're not allowing him shots off and. Whoever he, uh, he's trying to pick out in the box, we've got well marked because he's going to be very difficult in that those one-on-one situations to contain. And I'm sure as well, with all the rumours circulating recently, he might see this as a bit of an audition to uh, for Tottenham to see him in the flesh. I hope so. I hope he does before. see it. I hope he does see it as an audition because um, if he can put these injury problems to bed, I'd love to see him in a Spurs shirt. But you know, these, it's not just um, Pedro Neto that they have. That's a really tricky customer. It's Huang Hee Chan who's kind of like exploded out of nowhere this season. Double figures in goals for Huang Hee Chan this season. I mean, what a performance and what a season he's having in a wool shirt. And he's been out for the last uh, few weeks from the Asia Cup and he was out injured in the last game. But are we potentially catching him at a good time, just bedding back into to life in the Premier League, maybe still not fully fit? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, obviously, he didn't look at his very best in the Asia Cup. We were watching a lot of those games. Obviously, he didn't start the tournament fully fit. And um, had to play, I think, by the last group game or maybe the round of 16. That's when he made his return. He never really looked that fully fit. Um, did score a penalty, but didn't think um, he looked particularly... Maybe he rushed himself back to try and play for Korea uh, in the cup. Obviously, he missed last week. He didn't return immediately like him and Son did. So that suggests that maybe he's still not fully 100% fit. But given that break, he's had a break now and... Gary Neal does say he's back, so I'm assuming Huang Hee Chan to benefit from that rest. And I d- look, are we catching him at a good time? In a sense that maybe he won't be able to last 90 minutes, maybe, yes. Um, but in a sense that if he gives an hour and playing as good as he's been for that hour, the, I mean, you, he might be on the end of a goal or an assist uh, at the end of the day. So it's hard, it, it'll be definitely hard to say that, but he's been so good this season. Um, we're going to do a head-to-head... I guess after the preview uh, between him and Songs is interesting to see and with, uh, there's been suggestions that Spurs might look at Hwangi Chan in the summer as well but he's had a stellar um, season this season and um, he's been very impressive and he's really developing into one of one of the most for- effective forwards in the league this season. Mm. And you're looking at the midfield battle going into this game. I assume that it will be Eve Basuma. You know, Rodrigo Bentancor hasn't looked to his best as of yet, albeit in the second half uh, in the last game. He did look to be, you know, getting himself back into the game, but he was taken off and quite rightly so because in the first half, he, he just wasn't at the races, to be honest, kept getting caught on the ball, poor passing as well, which you don't really associate with Rodrigo. But in terms of Yves Bissouma, he's going to be a massive plus to us. I thought he came on in the last game as well and looked really good in terms of his defensive displays. And when you're looking at the midfield, that Wolves are going to potentially play with Lamina and Gomez. You know you're always going to be in in a proper fight with those guys. Yeah, um, it, it depends what as well formation Wolves play because sometimes they go with a 3-5-2 with three in the middle and sometimes they go with a 3-4-3 so it's been a bit of a mix for Wolves Against most Brentford, of the time it was 3-4-3 yeah most of the time it is 3-4-3 but Huang wasn't available for that game so maybe they go with just Huang and Neto up front but Cunha was Cunha was there so maybe it's just a like for like with Cunha and Huang or Cunha and Neto I've got a feeling they might go for a three in the middle maybe put Bellegarde in Obviously, a lot of people, the, the predictions at the moment, Strabia kind of keeps his place or starts. But I've got a feeling they go Neto and, and Huang up front and they put Bellegarde next to 
um, Lamina and um, Joao Gomez. I think that would go a long way to maybe trying to nullify Spurs. And that would be very difficult for us to deal with. Um, I think their midfield three are very combative, very aggressive. We saw that at the at Molyneux, how much they were able to nullify our midfield. What I would say is at Molyneux, we didn't have anyone on the on the pitch who seemed to want to take take the ball on the half turn and have that quality to to get the to to kind of tw- twist past the player and get the ball into the final third, which we did see, you know, last week against Brighton. Madison was. Um, you know, so good at that. Every time he got the ball, he was able to twist away from someone and play a quick ball forward. And he's brilliant in that, James Madison. So they're going to be coming up against a different kind of threat than they were last time out. But it's still going to be difficult because they've got so much energy. Jao Gomez is a really good ball carrier as well. Mario Lamina is so effective in that box-to-box role. He covers so much ground. He puts his foot in. He gets tackles, interceptions. And he's also quite good at carrying the ball forward as well. And Bellegarde is a very good dribbler, really good dribbler with the ball at his feet. And he's so difficult um, to get close to. Um, one thing I would say about Bellegarde is he does seem, first of all, he seems to tire pretty quickly. And second of all, he can be quite wasteful. But he's one of those players who can sometimes on his day go go past you like you're not even there so we're gonna have to be making sure that Sar and Basuma if they are starting getting in getting straight in there getting super aggressive and getting stuck in and not being standoffish which I feel like sometimes when we get into that rhythm where we're standing off a bit we're too easy to, to play against and that's sometimes been a problem with our first half like against Brighton and against Brentford we're just a bit too standoffish yeah and it's good to hear what um Ange Postacoglu said at the end of the last game, you know, uh, judging by that first half, we're going to need a whole week's training Mm. just to prepare for the next game. And obviously we know it's a very difficult game against Wolves. And hopefully um, after Ange saying that, he will have his team proper fit and firing and ready going into this game against Wolves. You're going to have Bissouma with another week of training behind his belt. You're going to have Heung-Min Son with another week of training behind his belt as well as everyone else. But those two players uh, specifically because they just haven't played a lot of football for Spurs um, in the past well Basuma's not been not been seen since before December before the last game so I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's going to be so vitally important for us to see these guys back on the pitch. I want to see um, Son back at it. I want to see Basuma back at it. And I think that with that week's training, it will really stand us in good stead. 100% and hopefully Ange can get his message across hopefully we come out with new energy and we know that especially at home with the crowd behind us if we come out flying and really put the pressure on early there is 
a chance we you know we come fly out the traps and get you know a goal or two early like we've done a few times this season um especially with wolves how they like to play they're going to come with a plan of keeping things tight compact so we got to unsettle them early yeah. they're not they're not going to come fly out the traps and try and score an early goal they're going to try and contain us grow into the game and then start to hit us when when then when we see us you know um start to tire or they make if we start making a few mistakes then they're going to try and spring and take those opportunities to get forward and um you know get the net on the ball and chan on the ball um but what, what spurs's job to do is early on really unsettle their back line make sure you're pressing really aggressively try and force some early opportunities and try and get an early goal or two and if we can do that that can go a long way to try and really managing this game because Wolves have shown this season away from home they can be super difficult to play play against especially when you let them get organized and let them get a gra- um, a foothold in the game they can get they can be really really difficult so we need to set the tone early of what we're going what we're going to try to do and how aggressive we're going to be and not let what we've done in the past few games carry on um in those first halves because if we start the game in the first half today tomorrow like we did against Brentford and Brighton then we're going to be in trouble who do you think's more suited to this game in the front line because we all know that certainty is going to be Hyungmin Son and Richarlison but do you feel like uh, nothing to do with what Ange you think is going to pick but who do you think's more suited is Kulusevski or Brennan Johnson for a game like this I think Kulu I think someone who's going to keep possession, um, keep it away from um, Wolves as well, and more likely to pick a lock is going to be a bit more effective in this kind of game than Brendan Johnson. I know Brendan did really well, came off the bench and scored, and he's been getting in that back post, and maybe in the second half he'll um, he'll be a good option. But I would start Kulusevski again. I thought he was so unlucky to be brought off last week in midweek against, sorry, last week against Brighton. Um, where he was really starting to grow in the game. He just set up a goal, basically, and then was taken off. So I do wonder whether Ange will look at that and think Brennan came on and scored. He's earned his place. I would stick with Kulu. I think I, th- I really think if we start with Son and Johnson, we're going to really struggle to maintain possession. And we, uh, I feel like there'll be too many transitions and it's going to be hard to control the game. If we start with Kulu, I think I'm a lot more confident that Spurs will be able to um, build uh, build attacks from the back, um, get the ball to Kulu. He'll be able to hang on to the ball, and we'll be able to, you know, manipulate the ball forward. And I'll be a lot more confident that we'll be able to create more chances. So I personally would go with Kulu. And if we do go with that front three, Son, Richarlison, and uh, Kulu mm-hmm. on the uh, on the weekend, like it, what options again? Like we we talked about it last week, but now even more so. You're going to have a Timo Werner on the bench. You're going to have a uh, Brendan Johnson on the bench, a Giovanni Lacelso as well. You know, three players that can actually change a game yeah and really start to pressure on the opposition 100% um, I do wonder as well you can always move uh, Kulu into the centre and go super attacking um, partner with Madison also Lacelso, you can maybe bring him on next to next to Madison as well but also if Madison is tiring it's not like we lose our fully creativity you bring Lacelso on who showed while Madison was out he can you know partly fill in that role to some extent so um, 100% looking at those options on the bench and those attacking options it's definitely a lot healthier than it was um, for a lot of this season especially when we went to the Molyneux I remember it was very difficult to change that game yeah because in that game in the Molyneux I think we all said it at the time we all said it after the game like Gio should have started that game Mm -hmm. because we had no sort of creativity at all in that middle of the park Hoybier put in a terrible performance that day I remember and uh, we were all saying where the hell's Giovanni Lo Celso? and then he came on quite I don't even know if he came on in the end he did he um, came on late I remember. or really late like when it was too late but 
look, I think um, we should go into this game confident. We sh- we have to take three points this weekend in terms of you're looking at teams around us. Man United go away to Luton. We don't want to see them get closer to us. Aston Villa. Um, who do Villa play this weekend? Fulham away. Fulham away, which is a tough game. So I think we got to start bridging a gap between these sides mm-hmm. um, especially Aston Villa who is kind of like every week it changes who goes back into the top four with Aston Villa so I think it's really important to us to start I said it last week um, after the Brentford game well before the Brentford game we have to go on a big run now and um, we've beaten Brighton now let's carry on this run especially at home um, where we've been really good at home this season apart from that run where we were suffering all those injuries we should be going confident into any game at home of course 100% and we just got to make sure the main aim would be for me is by the time that difficult run in April comes um, we have to make sure we've got a big gap between us and the chasing pack and if we can do that then we we don't go into those games worried about losing we go into those games thinking what if we win that and that's the situation we want to be in yeah um, you don't want to be concerned and anxious and have that anxiety about oh if we lose these games we can drop out the top four and if Villa win and all of a sudden if, if you go to these games with like a you know an eight nine point gap or something like that, then all of a sudden you're not worried about, oh, if we lose, Villa can catch us. You're saying, if we win, we can overtake them. That's what you're thinking. So that is the main aim for me. Especially momentum going into that run. Especially, well, forget that run for a second, but especially going into that game at Villa Park in, in a month's time, you know, we've got two winnable home games now with Wolves and Crystal Palace. If we do win these two games, there should be a bit of daylight between us and Aston Villa going into that game. So that will be highly vital as well. I completely agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, that is our match preview. In terms of our predictions, I'm going to go for 2-1 to Spurs. I do feel it like it's going to be a bit of a dogfight on that pitch uh, tomorrow, 3pm kickoff. But I do feel like we do have the extra advantage in terms of the extra quality, the home advantage as well. The fans behind us, Sonny back starting from the beginning with that star quality with probably what has got to say the only proper world-class player on that pitch that will be on uh, Saturday. So I'm going to go for 2-1 in a very closely in Fort Counter. Yeah, in my preview, I said 3-1. That wasn't taking into account that Doggy and Poro were going to definitely be out. Now we know they're out. I do expect us to be it, it to be a bit more difficult for us to build up um, our play than maybe if they were fit. So I do anticipate a bit of a struggle. Um, although I, do, I can see us being fairly solid defensively. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with 3-1. I think we should have enough in the forward line. I think we can come on and change it as well. You've got to remember Wolves... Uh, with Cunha out, they've kind of got their front free, and there's not too much they can do. So if they're not, if they haven't really scored by the hour mark or the 70 minute mark, it's going to be very difficult for them to come, uh, bring people on and change it. You got to remember at the Molyneux, you know, they struggled to score, and then they're able to bring on Sarabia and whatever, and they end up uh, winning the game. So I'm going to go with three one Spurs. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our match preview. Those are our predictions. Let me know your predictions in the comments section below, and let's finish off talking about this big South Korean derby this weekend in terms of Hyung Min Son against Hwang Hee Chan. Obviously, they both had a really disappointing Asia Cup um, not long ago, both coming back. This is Hwang's first game back. This is going to be Son's first start back. So let's get a look at the comparisons in the stats. Yeah, and it's very interesting to look at. Both um, Korean forwards are having stellar seasons. There's going to be a bit of a, a, a showdown, I think, especially that's how um, a lot of the South Korean media are, are, are pushing this in terms of um, Son versus Wang, two forwards into double figures for goals and assists so far this season. There have been some suggestions as well that uh, Wang could be of interest to Tottenham as well in the summer. Maybe we're looking at him continuing the form he's in. Um, 
But let's look at some of the stats um, from, from this season. So um, appearances, obviously 21 for Son, 20 for Huang. Goals, 12 for Son, 10 for Huang. Um, assists, 6 for Song, 3 for Huang. So Son's really been a lot more creative. And uh, as you can see here, shots per night, shots on target per 90. Son's uh, well in front, 1.31 to 0.75. Shots in total. A bit more similar, 2.67 to 2.11. Dribbles per 90. Huang definitely makes a lot more dribbles than Son does. 1.93, nearly two per game um, compared to Son, 1.15. But this is a key one. This is the difference, I think, in the quality of two players. Key passes per game, 1.99 to 0.87. So as much as Huang has been very effective in the forward line, when it comes to creating chances and and be and um, helping the team out, Song clearly for me uh, looks like he's head of the game in that. But dribbling wise, when it comes to, um, uh, I think when when look when you look at that dribbling stat, the reason why Huang's is so much higher. It's because when he gets the ball, I feel like he's in space a lot more because of their transitional game. Whereas Son has a lot more players to confront when he, when when he when he gets the ball. So obviously, a lot of these stats can be um, kind of not manipulated, but because of the teams they play for, sometimes the, systems, the stats can yeah. make a, make a, make a bit of a difference. So you, you don't have to. It's not it's not a foregone conclusion. For example. Son probably has more shots because Spurs have more shots than, in, in general than Wolves do. But I, when you consider all of that, Huang is doing a fantastic job for Wolves considering he's playing in a counter-attacking team. He has to kind of take less chances to available to him. And, you know, 13 goal contributions in 20 games is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's no surprise there. The stats are heavily in favour of Heung-Min Son, seeing as Heung-Min Son um, the level of the man. And, and Huang... As much as I've been impressed with him, I do feel like he might be missing Cunha this weekend because I feel like them two link up really well together. And I think the partnership of Huang and Cunha has been so vital to Wolves this season in the majority of their games. Don't you feel like that's going to be a big miss for Huang this weekend? Definitely. Um, he's going to have to rely on that partnership with Neto a lot more. But Cunha's kind of been a bit of that glue um, in terms of the way he brings other players into play. He's been getting a lot of assists this season as well. So I feel like... Neto and Huang are a lot better when it comes to being isolated on the wing mm. and they can take people on. And I feel like Huang's been more of the finisher of that fun free. I feel like Cunha's been a bit of the facilitator and Neto's been the guy who just drags that front free forward with his amazing dribbling ability. Cunha glues it together and uh, Huang's been the one who usually finished it off. But without Cunha there to facilitate it all, we'll see whether how involved in the game he gets. Well, let's have a look at the general comparison between Huang and Son and, and see where we go from there. Yeah, so in terms of general, as you see, Son's the one in the red here. This is a, a pie chart. This is basically a general comparison. Never put Son season. in red again. Well, it wasn't my choice, unfortunately, but uh, Huang's in the blue. One thing that's clear is you can see the, with the blue at the bottom, those are the defensive stats. So that is something that Huang um, generally performs quite well at. He does make a lot more interceptions, tackles, clearances than um, Sonny does, albeit again, is that because Wolves are a lot more defensive situations than Spurs are? You know, they have a lot less possession, so he's tracking back a lot more. But clearly, he def definitely puts the work in, um, and he's quite good when it comes to the defensive situations. But apart from that, Son definitely, um, you know, he gets a lot more on the balls. You can see touches in the penalty area, progressive passes, pass completion, um, shot creating actions. His non-penalty XG a lot higher than Huang as well. More assists. What's interesting is um, 
sorry, his non-penalty XG and assists is a lot higher, but his non-penalty XG is very similar. So that goes to show me that um, Huang definitely gets into a lot of goal-scoring positions comparable to Son, even though Son is obviously getting a lot more attacking um, chances because of the team he plays for. So that's quite interesting that their, their non-penalty XG is similar, albeit Son's is still slightly higher. But in general, Son's obviously performing a lot higher in a lot of all these metrics, but Huang is not is still fairly close in quite a lot of them. Do you feel like, because I remember speaking with you earlier in the season saying, oh, this is just a purple patch for Huang. He's mm. never going to last this throughout the season. Do you feel like, this could be like a one-off season for Wang because like we've never seen him produce these kind of numbers before. Maybe similar to maybe a bit of a um, Almiron from Newcastle last mm. season, how Almiron just had a crazy season last year and he hasn't been able to really replicate it this season. First of all, what I would say to that is he was actually really good at Salzburg. Wang, I remember watching him in the Champions League before we all signed him and I was actually really impressed with him. And the reason I don't... 11 I, goals, 12 assists. Um, for Salzburg. For Salzburg, yeah. Um, yes, we haven't seen these numbers before from him. Same with Cunha, to be honest. We haven't seen these kind of numbers. This is Cunha's second season. I think it's Frank's third season yeah. for Wolves. Um, but clearly, Gary Neal has got them getting the best out of them in terms of output. When I say um, it was a purple patch for him, I didn't think it would last. Obviously, I think it was on the that was on a run of like at the time. I think like I think at the beginning of the season he had like five goals and in six games or something ridiculous anyway, yeah. he was scoring a lot of goals I didn't think he was going to go on and score like 20 25 goals or anything like that so that's what I meant by pole patch but in terms of him you know at the moment he's on 10 I do expect maybe to him to end the season between 10 and 15 I'll be if he gets more than 15 that'll be an amazing season I'll be I'll be surprised but do I think this is something you can carry on I actually do because the difference between him and Almiron is Almiron was when, I, when, when you talk about purple patch, he was literally picking up the ball from 30 yards and shooting every time and it was going top corner every yeah. time. That was never sustainable. He was never that good of a player to keep scoring those kind of goals, in my opinion. Huang's a bit different. He's getting these goal-scoring positions and he's actually been always a player who gets in good positions. He's actually always been a decent finisher. I just never believed he was going to continue his goal-scoring run like he has done. But to be fair to him, he's been able to keep it up He's a, he is a good finisher when he gets in one-on-one situations. And he's always been a player who gets in fairly good goal-scoring positions. So I do think he's a good player. He is. He's, I know he's 26 years of age now. Do I expect him to be getting double digits from year, year in, year out? I don't know. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, next year he's going to get ten over 10 goals this year. I wouldn't be surprised if next year he also, get, also gets between like eight and, you know, eight and 13 Premier League goals again. Because I do think he's that good a player. He can get and keep getting those positions. Do you think he's a player that can thrive in an Ange Postecoglou system and, and he is someone that we should be looking at this summer? Obviously, if we're going to look for someone at Wolves and if he can get over his injury problems, you obviously prefer Pedro Neto. But if that doesn't come to pass and let's say Neto goes to someone else or you know he can't get or he gets another big injury this season and for whatever reason we don't go for Neto, would you like to see us go for Huang? The reason I say no is because I don't see him. I don't see where he fits in. I don't. I wouldn't want to play him on the wing, even though he's a fairly decent dribbler. He's not a chance creator. He's not a player who facilitates other players. That's what we want from our wingers. Um, more in general, we don't want a goal-scoring winger. We want a winger who 
can create chances for a teammate and maybe if he can can also score goals that's the secondary thing that's huang's main um his main attribute is is uh what he's like in front of goal his um when he's a good finisher he's calm in in, in front of goal see the the difference with him and neto is neto is a winger neto facilitates other players his main attribute is his ability to take, take people on and make assists set people up get good crosses in good um good passes back that's not huang so if we're signing huang it might be to be a forward but do we want uh, Huang to come in and play up front? I, I don't know. I don't think he would be an amazing number nine. I think he could probably do a, do a job, but I don't know if I'd sign him to do that role. So on that basis, just because of the way we play, I don't know if he's the right fit. If we were under Conte, maybe, I think he'd be, in a weird way, a better fit because of the way we like to set up our forwards. But under Ange, I just don't see him being an effective winger under Ange. Mm. Well, I can see him doing okay, but not to the level we want. Whereas Neto is different. I see him being very effective. I mean, Neto could just do it all, though, can't he? Like, he, he obviously you'd want him on the wing, but he can do that role up front as well. I wouldn't want Neto up front for us. I want him on the wing, hundred percent. I wouldn't want him playing in the number nine. You know, you just need someone who's like a dynamite finisher up top in this kind of Spurs system. And I think obviously you'd prefer him on the wing, but if push comes to shove and we get injuries and stuff, I wouldn't have any problem putting him in the number nine. Who quite a Neto? Yeah, I don't, I don't see him as this great finisher. Neto. He's a good finisher. He's a very good okay, finisher. But I don't know. I've I've never seen him as a number nine. I know he plays. He's played in a two up front for for Wolves sometimes, and sometimes up front by himself. I've never been that impressed when he plays up front. To be honest, I always much prefer my wife. No, but what I'm saying is, like I said, I'd much prefer him on the wing. But if push comes to stuff, if we do have injuries, you wouldn't have too many problems putting him there. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, but in terms of out and out wingers, let's go and have a look at that winger comparison. And this is what I mean about him being a winger purely. Look how, how when this is when you strip down all the stats and just put the stats that are relevant to wingers. Um, on on comparing to Son, this look how much Son outperforms him. It's just massively. The only thing um, Huang is better at is um, successful take-ons, but everything else and sort of success, successful take-ons and at the amount of crosses he makes in, into the box, he um, he outperforms Sonny as well. But other than that. It's just Sonny completely outperforming him. And that's what I mean about Huang being a winger. He's more of a wide forward than a winger. And I guess I also put Son into that category as well. But that, that but I also think Son is more of a wide forward than a winger. But Son as well has been performing that winger duty for Spurs, especially in recent weeks, recent weeks to a really good effect. Is that just this season, these uh, metrics? Yeah, this is just this season. Um, yeah. So um, I, I also don't think Son... Um, in a weird way, is the winger that we need. I still also prefer him in a number nine in in an Ange system to to being out wide. But even that, I'm comparing him to Huang, and he just massively outperforms Huang in all these metrics in terms of shot creating actions, touches in the final third, progressive passes received. So getting in those positions to receive the passes, passes into the penalty area, key passes, progressive carries carries into the final third and into the penalty area. It's just all massively dominated by Sonny. Yeah, and it's what you expect, isn't it? Like, you know Heung-Min Son's a much better player than Huang Hee-Chan anyway. Like, I think in, in all the metrics and in, in every facet, even if you don't look at the stats, you could, I could probably told you of that. But look, I think it's definitely something that we need to watch out for this weekend. It's going to be an interesting matchup seeing Sonny come up against Huang Hee-Chan, especially after all that happened out in Korea last week. Uh, but that is our comparison between Huang Hee-Chan and Heung-Min Son. Let us know in the comment section below your thoughts regarding that matter.